We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. So it's Black History Month. Yeah, it's my birthday month too. I turned thirty. Come on, three o, the big three o. Eighth. Yes, I'll be thirty. I'll be out of the twenties. How you I'm feeling? I'm glad to see the twenties go. Really? Uh, 20s. Yeah, twenties brought a lot of lessons. I'm ready for. For I'm ready to take on the thirties. Okay, all right. That's you say. Glad to see them go. That's that's new. I really. I mean, I just feel like I. It was a lot of different experiences in my twenties that mm-hmm. I'm ready to. That I can, I I appreciate. But I mean, it's it's time to move on. So, I'm ready to grab thirty by the horns. All right, that's that's you know I kind of walked into thirty. I was excited. I was more excited to get to thirty when the time like came close, and I was fine with becoming thirty. But I really enjoyed my twenties. Yeah, I learned a lot. It was a lot, a lot of stuff that I learned, a lot of stuff that happened. But you know, I was pretty, I was pretty darn happy with it. That's what's up. I mean, my twenties weren't bad, but I mean, it was some moments that were pretty interesting. So. Interesting. <laughs> the so just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout well. out to the thirtieth for you, and shout out to uh, Black History Month, twenty seventeen, which is Frederick yeah, Douglass is highlighted this year by the White oh, House. Oh, I mean, I just more more. more. I just Frederick Douglass, and then your vice president, and honoring Abraham Lincoln. Because Freedom Day wasn't it or something? Freedom Day, yeah, on February first. There's a whole month for Black people, and there's a whole host of Black people that you can. I mean, I would have just even been. It would have been better if you just said, "Hey, you know, let's just talk about MLK and the 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 great, the beautiful monument that's sitting right here in our backyard." Like if he just talked about that, as basic as that was, that would have made more sense. Then to say we're taking time out to remember the signing of the thirteenth amendment, like. But I'm I not surprised. It was it's the P, it's the PR people. I just really think that. But the I don't RNC even doesn't have good PR. I don't even know if that's buffer. PR. If you say like, bruh, this is the 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 month is called Black History Month, right? Mm-hmm. The person that you mention is not black. <laughs> like that's like basic level. You know what I'm saying? Like you're honoring yeah, but I'm a person saying the that's Republican not. people they're not in tune, obviously, with how to interact with, with. life. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's like the PR they people they must hire must not be in tune either. Yeah, because it seemed like they would have said it. Usually, politicians on that level don't tweet themselves. So you're exactly. telling somebody else this, 
that's tweeting for you. The only person I know that's a politician that's that high that tweets probably is Donald Trump. But I don't, I've never thought of Mike Pence as a tweeter. So the fact that you probably, even if that you told your person that handles it to say that, somebody should have said, hey, bro, let's not say that. It's not the right thing to say. We're not going, <laughs> let's not, we're going to bring up, this is just not the. It's like y'all buffers, the people y'all got to help y'all stay on track. Don't. Nope. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's <laughs> lost. <laughs> And I don't even think anybody's interested in trying to figure out what's going on or trying to do something new. Let's actually be, you know, vice presidential. Let's. Yeah. Well, you know, I already asked you earlier was did was Sean Spicer slow? And I just feel like he is subject to. <laughs> There's a bunch of slowness around him. You can't help anything. You know, we're going to continue to talk about Frederick Douglass. We're going to honor him more and more. This is what we're we talking have. about him as we're going to bring him to the White House. I was waiting on somebody to say we're going to invite him to the White House. It would <laughs> And I wouldn't have been surprised. That's the thing. I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody was like, we're going to invite him yeah, to the White say, House. And, well, Donald Trump just had, uh, had a meeting with Martin Luther King Jr. Exactly. So. You know, it's it's one of those things. When I tell you I have never prayed this much for a president, not in his favor. I just want God to keep us safe. Uh I have to I ask God to keep his mind from destroying us. <laughs> I'm glad you praying for him. You just I'm keep just praying, on praying for him for for our safety. Like I need his God to keep wrap his mind in something. Cause I'm like, do you got some kind of early stages of dementia or something? Like, bro, what's going on? It's it's beyond. It literally is like you living in the twilight zone. <laughs> I I can't even. I don't even. <sighs> well, things that we don't understand. Lauren Hill being three hours late for a performance because her energy got to be right. Is it her energy or what? Why are people still buying Lauren Hill? And I I. Why are we still buying Lauren Hill? And I love Lauren Hill. It's the miseducation. Mis- and I was listening to the Breakfast Club, and Charlemagne said she got that one album, which is fair. But that album, though, is iconic. That was an that was an amazing, amazing album. Still play it. Still play. You it. know, you can still you again. You can still play it. It's relevant. The music feels good. I love feel good music. So the music. It's in our intro. Good. Yes, this is it's home brunch culture. We got it there. And I remember when us thinking about you know what could we do, what kind of songs can we play? We wanted something that would always be relevant. That song will always be relevant. But why? 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 Why can we not get our artists to continue to be relevant and to show up on time? Like, I, I understand as, you know, as a creative person, you you need you kind of got to get in your zone. You have like your energy. But as a professional that's been doing this for 20 some odd years at this point, you got to know your triggers. You got to know which switch you got to hit, which button you got to press, who you got to call. But you can't rush energy. I mean, but you can call energy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> if 
you, for t- in 20 years, if you ain't got energy right number, you just got to stop performing, yo. Like, why are we still going to your vibrations right? You got to get. I love hearing Puff Daddy talk about vibrations on Instagram. <laughs> you talk about vibrations. It's like, man, he's just got to get these vibrations, man. You know, feel the love, the vibrations, when the vibrations, right? I'd be like, Puffy, what you talking about? <laughs> that went right over my head. You don't follow Puff Daddy on Instagram? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Can't say that I do. But anyway, back to Lauren. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, maybe that's what she needs. She needs to call Diddy and get some vibrations <laughs> or a vibrator. <laughs> One or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Something to get her up and going. Because, yo, at this point, it's like, come on, man. Like, you're not even trying. Like, for real, for real. You're not. One show, okay. And then, you know, people would say, and it was like, oh, it's a rumor. I'd never go. I'm thankful for Title 1015 last year that she showed up. I was able to see her perform. I didn't know a lot of the tracks from her set, but it was fine. All I wanted to be able to do was to be able to say that I've seen Lauren Hill perform live. I got that. I'm good. I don't need to. Lauren Hill's coming here. She's going to be in concert in D.C. No, I'm good. I don't got to go no more. I respect you, Lauren. I'll just play the album. And if I want to feel like you there, I'll just play it and pause it for like, 15 minutes, listen to something else, and then play it again. I'll be like, oh, she just showed up. And then, <laughs> then I can feel like, okay, we good. But yeah, I'm not going to pay for no ticket to come. I just don't understand why we still she doing it. do pop-ups. Because I feel like she never know when the vibration or the vi- or the energy is right. Like a pop-up so shop. Whenever she feel, yeah, whenever she feel it coming, she need to just tweet, hey, I'm about to be in New York. <laughs> I got the-, <laughs> the energy, the energy <laughs> showed up. And like, y'all be in 15 minutes. Right. I, right. The pot is <laughs> boiling over. <laughs> Meet me in Central Park at My 5 o'clock. Teapot short and stout. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only way she can Tip be successful. Her over and pour her out. <laughs> the only way she's going to be successful is she do a pop up show. She can't do a band show. She need because she never know when the vibrations gonna come. Now the vibrations, you know, sometimes come at two a.m. She do a pop up at two a.m. in the right spot. She might get the let out crowd at the club, depending on what city she is. This actually is not really a bad idea. You might want to go ahead on and uh, be her. Maybe you should be like her her PR person. Her I don't want to work with her because if she if this, I can't imagine how it is to work with her. <laughs> if this, if she show up the concerts this late. I can't imagine how it is frustrating to be her manager. I don't need those kinds of problems. Go ahead on and uh, you. I I feel like you could pop. You could possibly help good old Lauren Hill out. Mm-mm. I don't need. I don't need all that spacey talk either. I need to know what you're saying. <laughs> spacey talk. You want to hear her talk what? about the stars what aligning? She, I don't need none of that. I need to know what's what you gonna do tomorrow. Can we plan for tomorrow? <laughs> or I'm not going to see you tomorrow because your vibe off. But we done already scheduled these press. The ocean uh, breeze and the moonlight on the stars in universe and Venus. It connects with the star of Utopia. I think they ain't be getting these people. Because they ain't... 
I like if fame do this to you, just let me be regular. <laughs> fame is like Saturn; it has rings that goes through your mind. It's like when you have too much money, you it's like it can mess you up. That's why you gotta have the right people around you. <laughs> people don't know how to handle it. She that got, success. She's got to get the business part. I, I, a part of me, there's a, there's a little it's part of me that don't wanna. I don't wanna give up on Lauren Hill though. I don't. I'm, I, I don't want to give up on other people. I don't want other people to give up on her. I say that because me not going to the concerts, like just her concert, I guess I've given up. I don't want other people to give up on it because you know I try I, one more time to go to a concert. Y'all can try. I'm not gonna try. I've already seen her. I got a, a video clip, got a picture. Thanks for title. I felt like whatever you know Jay Z did, he was just like check this right. So we gonna put you on. He know how to get through the vibrations. We gonna start the show at this time. You got from this time to this time to get here. We in order for your name to be on the bill. He probably told her, "Look here, it's gonna start at twelve thirty. She didn't actually come on until about nine thirty. So that probably was what he somebody needed to do. Like, you know, give her. Well, you know, he handled the Illuminati, so he probably just pulled that card. He probably had had his little (laughs) Illuminati wand and just. And just put over here, I, you know. She probably have to respect it. It's just the hierarchy, it's the chain. Yeah, that's what it is. Speaking of the Illuminati, this is completely off topic. But have you recognized? And this is, you know, me how I feel about this whole like Illuminati thing. But you recognize that in all of the stuff that's happened with Donald Trump, not one person has said he's like a part of the Illuminati. <laughs> And it just baffles me that, like, President Obama was, like, he was on, like, two different committees in the Illuminati. He had, like, you know, Michelle Obama was actually, like, the princess of the Illuminati. Her daddy did something and sacrificed and all this other stuff. Donald J. Trump come in and not one person said, oh, he's a part of the Illuminati. Be careful. I just... Is anybody... Can anybody like reconcile this for me? Like, what is? How does that work? I can reconcile it with one phrase: the complexion for protection. That's it, and that <laughs> is exactly <laughs> what it is. Because apparently, the Illuminati just only let in colored folk, and like that's that's it. The hierarchy only exists for colored people. Like, it's yeah, yeah. The complexion for the protect. That's real. And, and, and the host of other things that blows me at this time, I remember sitting there thinking and I'm going through Facebook and seeing all these, you know, people talk about how upset they are. I got on Twitter, people pissed. And I was like, I mean, but are we going to say he a part of the Illuminati, though? Like, I mean, I just I'm just waiting on somebody to say, look, Brad's a part of the Illuminati, because I just feel like I mean, if President Obama was a part of the Illuminati, surely the person that is like actually harming people and stopping people from having lives. I mean, surely they are. No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, cool. But Beyonce is, I saw somebody making some kind of correlation with her picture. Oh, here we go. They, did they look for the triangles? My favorite is when they look for the triangles, (laughs) when they be like, Oh, did you ever see when she did the super bowl? There were people that were like, oh, you know, there's like a triangle over here and this was a triangle and that was a triangle. And it was like they were making like dots between the smoke 
It was it was so weird. It was just like I was like, what? Yep. What? How? How do you even find what it? What is your profession in life? What job do you have? Did you have time? Like, and then I think they actually like to play on it though. To because it's so much conspiracy theorists out there. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they just put it in there just to mess with people. Just I guess just to get attention because it's just like I mean how, how could you not yo this is. You were part of a whole organization that you didn't even know existed in some kind of way. Something about it in his song one time, the Illuminati. Like, and that's, is that supposed to be the origins of it? No, I think he said it like it was a re, it wasn't, it was a recent song. It was like him saying something about it. Um, about in people saying he's in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he takes it as an insult because he feels like it takes away people, him, his hard work because yeah. they're like contributing things to devil worship. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I that's that's the thing that the thing that frustrate has always frustrated me about it was when I realized that okay, if the Illuminati is a thing and that's what you believe in, that's cool. But then, but it it's only associated with successful black people. Why I'm just why can't Donald Trump be a part of the Illuminati? I just feel like if it's a real thing and it's a real organization, like he had he has to be a part of this. No, like <laughs> well, you see that white uh university, the skulls was that a movie? You remember that? It was like these white kids at Ivy League schools that were a part of like this occult group, this secret society. Mm-mm. What's that? Oh. Called? It's called Skulls. It oh, came out when we was like in high school. Oh, uh, uh, Middle school or high school? Nah, I'll be very honest. There's certain things that I still <laughs> very clear for. Now, you know, I don't... <laughs> nah, look nah, I'll be the first to tell you. <laughs> I'm you all done. to me about a secret society that white people have? In at Ivy League? I did. You know, I try to stay very clear of <laughs> anything. Anything. <laughs> So I just I just asked the Lord just to protect me and I keep it moving. I'm not trying to. I don't need to go deep. I thought now. everybody thought that knew about that movie, The Skulls. No, that no, was based no. on a true story. It probably was, and <laughs> if somebody brought it to me, I'm good. If you got I Power never Rangers, saw the whole movie. I saw it in parts. If but you got Power it, Rangers, holler at me. Pokemon, <laughs> I'm down. Uh, Digimon, I am for it. Yeah, y'all let me know if y'all saw the old movie too, so I won't be the only person. And y'all don't, hey, don't feel like, don't tag me in anything. Feel free to keep it to yourself for me. (laughs) You can tweet Lisa (laughs) directly and let me go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, moving on, um, we actually, it's so funny, we didn't even introduce anything, but we just started talking, and that's cool. Yeah, we could. <laughs> so, The Quad came out um, this week, and we were actually live tweeting during The Quad, and shout out to everybody that retweeted, liked, and interacted with us on social media, on Twitter, um, during The Quad. It's actually really fun going through the live tweet for the show. I think it's something we'll probably try to do every week, but... I, I really enjoyed the show. I like yeah. it. I feel like they should call this like, you know, fam, you should be getting some sort of like check or at least. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard fam, you yeah, alum. 
like my timeline song brother this is like come on yo (laughs) i mean everything about it screams you know we're trying to give you something that's loosely based off of fam you uh but i actually i really am the biggest hbcu you said is it or was it is it i don't know numbers what like enrollment wise i don't even know yeah i thought it was Oh, but I don't. I could yeah, be wrong. I, I don't. I don't know. I just know. You know, fam. There's nothing like fam to us in the South. So that is. It was, it was just so many different. Uh, gam. They're called gam. You. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's just very. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I that did a uh, thing. I haven't watched. I saw it. that. I haven't. I haven't watched it's it. Oh, okay. I just saw a clip of it. Um, I mean, not a clip, but I saw like the freeze frame and I saw the link for it, but I didn't click on it yet. I'm going to watch it. I'm pretty sure it's funny. Yeah. And you know, she fam you alone. Yeah, she's alone too. So it'll be interesting. And my singer, K. Michelle. Okay, K. Michelle. She is. Did she say anything about it? No, I'm just, I I don't know why. When I thought about like famous fam you alone, I thought of K. Michelle and Will Power Packer. Uh, Oh. Since we were talking about fam. Oh. And let's just bring K Michelle up. Let's go. That's cool. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So shout out to the quad. Um. If y'all y'all should watch it. I just I I really like Nika Nuni Rose. I I don't know. I gotta watch. I said I'm gonna give it like two more episodes before I I can really understand if I like it so much because it is so good or do I like it so much just because I really want to like the show. Um. And based off the premise and everything like that, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think it was a bad show at all. I actually think that I liked it, but, you know, we'll see. Well, y'all check it, check it out. Stay up with the quad. Um, y'all know what it, what time it is. Do you ready? Are you um, feeling like having children, Lisa? No. No? It's time for Beyonce to have two more. You don't want to have twins? Heck no. You sure? I don't even know if I want to have one child. (laughs) I just, it's been this whole thing. I knew, I was like, yo, as soon as I found out that Beyonce, of course, everybody knows. I'm sure y'all know. If y'all have been, if you've been living under a rock, Beyonce's pregnant. I think everybody knows. It literally was every post for like 15 posts (laughs) on, on my timeline on Instagram. Like Beyonce's pregnant. Beyonce's pregnant. Beyonce's pregnant. Beyonce's pregnant. I love Beyonce, but I was like, all right, I got it. I when she, the first time, like when she posted it, once one person reposted, it's like I I got it. It's good. Like we get the whole Beyonce's pregnant. But the, the funny thing for me was seeing people start talking about like, yo, I was legit talking to my friend and she was saying, what am I doing with my life? I really want to have a baby now. I was actually talking to another friend and I'll give it to her that she has mentioned kids before, but it was just so funny because in the past week, she, I felt not even the past week after this Beyonce post, she started flat out saying, I want a baby. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Is the Beyonce effect this, this serious? Like, <laughs> this is like a whole new level of fandom, yo, like. I'm cool, you know, lemonade, women empowerment, great, wonderful. You talking about you want to have a baby? Like you realize, kid, Beyonce, they, I mean, they got bread. They, they good. 
they don't need to. Kids cost a lot of money, yo. You probably just you just want to have a baby, like. Cause Beyonce pregnant? Oh, okay. I mean, I'm happy for her and Jay Z. Power to him. More power to him. But I, yeah, I was just FaceTiming my friend today, and I love her little uh son, baby Cam. I call it my little BFF. But I was like, yeah, I love to play with baby Cam, but I want to give him back. Yeah, return and policy. That's, yeah, return policy. Return after I play with him. Policies are for about an hour. I'm ready to give him back. Where it's at. <laughs> that is absolutely what we need. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. I it did that didn't have no effect on me. I saw and I was like, oh, okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you and the baby. I was like, oh, twins, cool, and I kept on going. <laughs> And with no self-reflection. Right. Did not feel <laughs> not a thing. I just, yeah. I, I People kept talking about, oh, you know, this make you think, like, she's only 35. And you you know, have three kids at 35. She's 35 with multi-millions of dollars. Almost a billion dollars. I ain't I just don't. <laughs> Their kids, yeah. and she get to have a nanny, full time nanny. Right, nanny. She got a mama. She got sister, best friends, other sisters, adopted sisters, cousins, a staff, a personal assistant. Now chill out with Kelly Rowland. Wait a minute, hold on. You should have already known this. You and the family. We don't. We we don't. I don't really look to get. I bet Tim knew. Jay Z and Beyonce. Wait, what? See, now we're we're starting to go into slanderous territory. I think I'm going to have to call my lawyer. I bet Tim knew about so, this. So, you know, we've actually been talking for a while. How about we... You, let's take a break. Let's move on. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to our mimosas and OJ. And we're just going to take a break and deal with some uh, internal things. <laughs> and then we're going to come back for our main dish. We'll be right back. So today I'm thinking we should do microaggressions because these people really aggressive in micro ways. Um, I like to flip it because I felt like the definition kind of uh, is seen through that. Um, it really yeah, so. sounds like you're saying micro and I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Now we talked about we talked about <laughs> microaggressions. Why are we talking about Mike Rowe? That's our friend. He's a friend to the show. We love him. Why is he the main dish? I'm so lost. Okay, go ahead. Microaggressions. Yikes. That just I was like, we're talking about micro. That, that wasn't a part of the script. We <laughs> talked about this. We we made up a plan and Mike Rowe wasn't a part of it. Like that's that's our friend. We love him. <laughs> oh 
I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was so like that's why I was so quiet. I'm sitting there like, wait. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would have never I didn't even know I was sounding like I was trying to say micro and not micro. <laughs> it was just real. Okay. That's cool. So, <laughs> microaggressions, yeah. Yes. Have you ever experienced it? Because I'm, I'm gone. So, <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I think we all, we all have, and probably you should and, define it first. Because some people might be like, one of my friends. I used the term the other day, and one of my friends is like, "I've heard that. What does that really mean?" Oh, wait. Okay. Well, um. <laughs> So I don't want to assume. I'm not going to judge your friend. You know, friend, if you're listening, I'm not judging you. But I mean, we have this good thing called Google. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, so um, the there's an article uh, that was done with by the Huff, was it HuffPost? HuffPost put Let's it out. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, the HuffPost one though came out maybe it was like a couple years ago, and they there was like. Of course, there's the official definition of microaggressions, which is is a little more technical. Uh, there is one though that was put in the article by HuffPost, and I just felt like that it's it's a, it's a lot more in like lame's term, lamest terms, and it's kind of I don't know. It's, it's it's a little more relatable, something that you can understand. Was it a HuffPost? Maybe it wasn't the HuffPost. Maybe it was the Washington Post. It was which one of those posts? I think it was HuffPost. Okay, gotcha. So. It defines microaggressions as everyday verbal, nonverbal, and environmental slights, snubs, or insults, whether intentional or unintentional, which communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative messages to target persons based solely upon their marginalized group. So essentially, it is honestly the very, very subtle, like, smart remarks, things that kind of make you feel like, wait, did they just say that? Did they just ask that question um is that was that really thing really a thing buzzfeed actually uh did had like it's 21 microaggressions that you hear on a daily basis and some of them that people might be able to understand is uh there's one with a girl a black girl and it says courtney i never see you as a black girl um people making statements like that there's a guy that says you don't he has a sign that says you don't act like a normal black person, you know that um, there is another one. It was the other one. It's a I think it was an Asian girls. No, it says, where are you really from? There was one, though. There was one with like uh, Asian. OK, so what do you what do you guys speak in Japan? Asian? Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah. So. It's stuff like that that is a little, um, oh, when people think it's weird that I listen to Carrie Underwood. It's like the the little things that kind of box you in, essentially, into this certain stereotype or being a certain type of person, literally based on just the way you look. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. it's not even based on just your race or your ethnicity. Sometimes it's just based on how you look. Um, and I mm-hmm. think the thing that the thing that I wanted to talk about um, is mainly really just how we navigate these things, because I've seen in, you know, looking up this topic, I see so many people 
that have have written pieces and like think pieces about oh you know we're in like a highly sensitive culture and society and nobody can be real and everything is so PC and all of this other crap um and so one of the one of the ways of which I experienced a microaggression here recently uh was at work and I think I shared I remember sharing this with you I shared this with a number of my friends so I had actually working on an assignment and I actually had to interact with somebody outside of a normal that's in like a higher level position in my organization. Somebody that's outside of the scope of what I typically somebody I typically have to interact with. So I had like this interaction with this person. It was like a very like one off meeting. I went to go ask a question. But for me, I'm not the person that's just going to come and ask just a question with no basis of what possible answers it could be. I always come in with like, hey, I've researched this. I've, I've referenced this. Here's the question that I have. Here's what I think my possible answers could be. Um, or here's where I'm going, the direction I'm heading in based on your experience. Can you let me know if I'm you know, going down the right path or am I thinking on the right lines or should is there something else that I can consider? Well, the next morning, um, I got, you know, got to work, check my email, had an email from my boss. So I'm looking at this email from my boss. And my boss is just kind of like, hey, you know, you got good kudos from such and such on yesterday. And then there was a blurb <laughs> and a highlight of what this person said about me. So in a nutshell, this person essentially said that I was very articulate and very mature and um handled myself with so much i think it was they they said like handle handled himself with so much maturity and he spoke so eloquently and he really understood the details of this complex assignment and just kind of stuff that's like wait what <laughs> why, why am i why is this why do you think this about me what have i done and i immediately i'm always a person that's like okay so what have i done that maybe elude maybe made you think this but i'm like i've never interacted with you before so you can't really be basing this off of like maybe i act really immature or stupid at one point in time and now you just feel like oh my gosh you know kudos to him um so i started thinking about that but i'm like they didn't really have a basis of getting that I don't understand where they would have gotten that from. So, yeah. And then I'm like reading it and it just becomes evident that, wait a minute, you really think very little of me. Like you really don't. And I don't know what it's based off of. And I, I, I was very mindful of not saying like, oh, it's because, you know, of my race. Maybe it's because of my age. Maybe it's because I appear very young and you thought I this wasn't something I know. Or maybe it's just simply based off of the fact that you have never interacted with me. Like I'm trying to give the benefit of a, of the doubt. But ultimately, this is just really weird because we're in a professional environment. I have a, an advanced degree which qualified me to be here. Um, I'm a senior in the role that I'm in. So I actually, you know, look out for train and help other people and provide guidance to other people. So I'm in a role that is a leadership role and your response to having maybe less than 10 minutes interactions with me 
was that like I was articulate and very mature and you were so impressed and you even said things like kudos to my my boss for uh, me being so well spoken and it was just almost like am I a dog am I like a show monkey like what the where does this come from and it, it was that that situation really it actually is what sparked me to kind of want to talk about this on the show because it was such an uncomfortable situation and it was it was really weird because I remember um talking to a, a number of my friends about it and one of my friends was just kind of like you know you need to go sit down and talk to them and set them straight and let them know how like this is wrong but this is not something I have somebody I have to deal with or interact with on a normal basis and it was just like well is it worth that because I, I don't really know like what value can come or what good can potentially come out of me sitting down with somebody that I don't necessarily have to work with or interact with that doesn't have like you know, any direct impact on what I'm doing, I guess, you know, in, in terms of like promotion or, or, or move, move, moving forward and things like that, like they don't really have that type of impact or pull on me. So like, why, why would I do it? And then also I wanted to be very mindful of in the moment I was really annoyed and really frustrated because I kept thinking, what is this, what does this say about, about what you think about me and why do you think this about me like i have i given anybody an impression that like i was anything other than this stuff this is like the norm and if i were somebody else even if it's like if i look different or if i was a little older or wh whatever would you still have this same type response and saying things like i speak so eloquently like i was talking to you about my job <laughs> I seem so knowledge about the topic because it's my damn job. Like what? I don't understand. Like what I'm supposed to be here. Like, wh why is this even, why are you, you giving me kudos or giving somebody else kudos for the good job that I'm doing when I'm simply just prepared to do my job? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. Like, it's just like the basis. But it's it, the funny thing is that, that he really genuinely thought he was giving you a compliment. And that's, yeah, that's the hard part. That's the part that is, you know, you have, if you were to like say something, he was like, what? I was like complimenting you. Exactly. And that's the thing that is really frustrating and complicated. And I kind of just wanted to dissect because it's like, so do you, I had a, I had another friend. I was talking to my one friend and I remember him. kept He kept saying, I feel like you're reaching. I feel like you're reaching. Preface this with he is definitely a person that I believe that Conda is like, oh, well, you can't you kind of just have to ignore certain stuff like everything is. Everything isn't about race, you know, everything isn't about, you know, people being racist. And I don't I don't think in this this situation this specific situation i don't know i won't say i don't think i just don't know if it was about my race maybe it was about my age maybe it was about my size i don't know like i don't know what it was about but maybe you know i'm not i can't directly say that this for sure was race um although i mean based on the demographics of where i work and the people in my office i would not be surprised i'll say that 
Um, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know for sure that that was the thing. I just, it was just really weird. You know, it was, it, it was, it was, it was weird. But my friend basically kept saying like, you know, I feel like you're reaching because I think that their intent was to give you a compliment. And I understand intent, but there's one thing to have like a certain intention about something. You can have all the intents in the world, but how it, it lands, the actual impact that that has on the person is really and truly what matters. And it's like, the impact that you had was not to give me a compliment. It honestly was to, it was honestly insulting um, because you are basically telling me that or telling somebody else about me, not even telling me, telling somebody that's about me that I have basically congratulating them for my ability to do my job. I didn't do anything exceptional. I didn't like discover something new. I literally came and asked a question and I asked a question and I had done a lot of research and I was like, hey, I just want to know, you know, based on your expertise, if I'm on the right path or am I thinking the right thing? Am I researching the right stuff? And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so impressed with his ability just to be competent. And to me, that's the way it came off. And it was just like, wait, what? Yeah. It it's, it makes me think of um, when we talk when at the beginning of this conversation, I thought about uh, insecure because yeah. I felt like they definitely tackled microaggressions throughout that show. Absolutely, I think that's the clearest representation. I remember them saying, "Issa, what's on fleek?" And she was like, "I don't know." And <laughs> like, I know what it is. Yeah, and it's just like that's oh automatically here's what here's what i i just assume you just got it i assume you know what it is just based on you know there's something that black people should know um mm-hmm. and so it's like when he asks you it's like okay are you saying black people are non-intelligent or not good at their job or don't well research or you know the assumptions that are present right and that's that's the that's the frustrating part about it that's the part that's like ugh. What is this? And so I, I I grapple with this idea of I ultimately in that situation, I just found like it didn't make any sense for it was unnecessary for me to sit down and have like this, you know, long, like this thorough conversation about, hey, you know, you said this and it made me feel this way. Like, ultimately, I don't really have to work with you. It, what it did was it it put in my mind that you're probably the last person that I'm going to go to now to 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 for any type of like advice or just to kind of talk to about anything in about my job, because I don't like that feeling. I don't, and I don't want to have to, I don't want to get annoyed or frustrated because I also feel like there are other things that come along with this, right? So there are other perceptions and misnomers that you have about me or maybe people that are in my age group or that have my same skin tone that, are likely to come out as a result of continue continued interaction. So I just choose to kind of like step back and I don't want to deal with that at all. Cause I don't have to. So that was just the way that I, that I dealt with it. Um, but I also have heard, and I was just reading an article of people saying that like, basically we're in this highly sensitive society and you know, everybody is, you can't say anything about anybody. Everybody's oh so sensitive and everybody's feelings gets hurt. And, you know, microaggressions are just a result of super high sensitivity. And, 
Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it could be both and. I think we are in a hypersensitive society where people's feelings get hurt easily, but I think that there are microaggressions. I don't think that you should say everybody that has microaggressions are being extremely sensitive. And then I don't think you should one should say that just because this person made a comment they're being uh they're you know that's a form of microaggression. I think that in some cases it's people being sensitive and trying to read things into things that don't exist. But oftentimes there are people that are um trying to impose certain um pre presuppositions on onto situations, you know, especially when it has to do with race. So I don't think it has to be either or I think it's both and I think we have a culture because we're, you know, constantly on social media, constantly seeing things. I think what makes us more sensitive though is the fact that we take in so much negative on a consistent basis. So it might not be that we're more sensitive. It's just that we see more in a sense that makes us just like at anything, anything can be the, like the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Cause people are waking up. The first thing you do when you wake up is check your phone down. Your timeline is like a, it'll take you through a bipolar experience. Like right. you will see something that's really exciting. Oh, that's hilarious. And then you'll see, you know, a black boy getting gunned down by the police, like in on live feed. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you can go from those kinds of emotions. And I feel like because we're constantly scrolling and feeling so many different emotions at once that pr the generation before didn't have to deal with that because they didn't have all this at their fingertips that it makes us more in touch with our emotions because we have to experience so many feelings in just a 15 minute period right. so maybe that makes us more sensitive in a sense and then if i just saw a black boy get gunned down on my live on live feed uh like with the philando uh castell then when i go to work and i'm hearing something i might be more sensitive and it might not have to do with race at the time you know but i just saw a young black boy get gunned down for no reason you know what i'm saying so that could be a case and then sometimes it's legit so i think said that to say sometimes it's both um and so i actually for me i push back on the idea that people are more sensitive and i think it's because you we have to recognize that for so long People weren't held accountable for the things that they said or the things that they did. You can say whatever you want to say about anybody. And it's just like as the person that is a part of the majority culture or the person that has a little bit more money or the person that has a platform or the person that has status, you can say those things and you can just keep moving. And nobody you were never held accountable for that. I feel like the biggest example of that is you think about like a Wendy Williams. Right. So Wendy Williams during her radio era was you know the queen of radio but she said all of this sideways stuff about people and you know really offended people really pissed people off and she was just allowed to do that right because she was the one with the platform she was the one with the voice she was the one with the following and she can say what she wanted and that was just it 
Well, flash forward to the time where we have social media and you have people that don't have big media companies or don't have a radio show, but they still have a following and they are great with Twitter. They're great with Instagram. And so they have people that if Wendy Williams says something that's that that's sly or that's off, that's like offensive to them. They can talk to their their following and their people about it. And then those people can can in turn talk to them as well. And they can say, hey, you know what? We don't support her. And it's like it's not about them being sensitive. It's really about them having a space where actually their voices can be heard. And so for me, I always take a step back when people want to say that things are people are too sensitive or where our society is so sensitive and you can't say now are there sensitive people that exist yeah are there people that you know try to find anything or make something out of nothing absolutely but i don't necessarily know if i can say as a whole the society is more sensitive i think we just know more i think we and more people have voices and i think that's a part of having diversity of thought and opinion is i can teach you i'm not going to keep going around saying that hey you're an indian when the reality is that was never even true anyway people were never indians like these people were never indians this was a part this was the 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 name given to them by a person that thought that they land in east india but they were wrong like you were never talking to indians so you can say oh these are native americans and then if a a native comes and says hey this was this land was not called America before white settlers got here. So don't call me a Native American. Call me a native. I can't be like, oh, well, you sensitive. Well, the, the fact is you're, what you're saying is true. <laughs> like, it wasn't called America. So if your heritage has told you to not recognize it as not be recognized or not respond to Native American, respond to being called the native. Okay, well, that's what you want. I'll, you know, I'll I'll refer to you as such out of respect because there is truth to what you're saying. And so I can't look at them and be like, "Oh, well, you're you're so sensitive. You're just too sensitive." It's like, "Well, I mean, if you came up to me and you kept saying, "Oh, colored person, colored person. Hey, you colored person. You colored person." I'm like, "Yo, I don't don't call me a colored person. Like I don't respond to that or like, you know what I'm saying? I can't be like, well, don't call me that. And if they say, well, that you're, you're just too sensitive. And I'm like, well, Hey, don't no, Like, yo, just respect people. And I feel like that's where we're at. And I feel like I hear it so much that come from, uh, I hear, I hear it from like more conservative people that are saying like, Hey, you know, here is people are just super sensitive and we can't everything is so PC and it's like, well, yeah, people are trying to be politically correct. But honestly, people are also just trying to respect other people with differences that in the past they were we were never required. We maybe we were, but you were never required to respect somebody's opinions. Why? Because all of these people couldn't band together and talk to each other about the ish that they're tired of dealing with when it comes to you. So now that they actually, they actually have, you have to listen to them. They have a space where they can talk about these things. You just are being forced to respect other people's differences and you don't want to do that. And if that makes them sensitive, it, I don't think it makes them sensitive. I think it just makes you like stupid. So, well, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm saying that it's a both. And I think that uh, social media and us experiencing 
these different emotions all at once makes us more in touch with different emotions that we might not be have been able to experience before. Yeah, I don't but I don't know if it's that you wouldn't have experienced them before. I think you just didn't have a space where you could maybe experience it with other people. Right. I feel like the power of social media in that regard is this power in numbers. So you have people that band together that link up that are saying, hey, I'm an oppressed person because of this issue. You're an oppressed person because of that issue. Let's link up and let's talk about this issue together. So it's not just one person talking about it. It's two, there's three, there's four, there's five. There's five hundred thousand of us that band together and that talk about this issue. And so now we're actually bringing light to it. So we probably felt these things before. We just didn't have a community of people to share it with that we could be empowered enough to make people respect us before it was just like, oh, you know, I feel this way. This person said this and it was offensive. This person said this and it hurt my feelings. But how much could I do and say about it? There was nothing I could really do and say about it because I didn't have a platform. I didn't have a following. I didn't have a voice. I really didn't have, you know, much of anything that I could use to combat about it. Back in the day, again, if I just using the Wendy Williams example back in the day, if Wendy Williams said something that people didn't like, you know, we had to wait for like somebody to talk about it on another show possibly, or you had to wait for somebody to go in and write like an article in a magazine about it. Today you got blogs. So you'll, you'll hear people go. I mean, you'll see people go in on blog posts or you'll see people talking about things, even us in podcasting, right? We didn't prior to like, you know, the rise in technology, we didn't have the opportunity to just pull out something and, and make it available to, uh, hundreds of people that follow us and that listen to, to our show and want to hear what we have to say. Like we didn't have, we didn't have that. So now that we have this, I feel like it's not about people being more sensitive. I really just feel like it's about being more empowered to have it. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the, as it relates to, you know, people, I guess when I was thinking the both and I'm thinking like maybe extreme cases where people are making something out of nothing when they might have not done what needed to be done in the workplace because mm-hmm. I've seen that and they're like oh it's because I'm black and it's like nah bro you didn't do the work like you know what I'm saying and it's like they've seen something that's been unjust and then they feel like they can use that as a cop out right um so I mean but I mean there's you know extreme cases on both ends but I definitely understand what you're saying about people having a voice to speak and having the access to do so. So, I mean, I think that's very valid. So I feel like what we, we were challenged with and maybe we, we've talked about this before was this idea of like being quote unquote racist is not what it used to be. Right. So it used to be being a racist was, you know, being a part of a lynch mob or supporting uh, you know, segregation or, you know, not thinking that black people or anybody that wasn't white was capable of being educated or reading or having anything or being anything positive, having any sort of positive contribution to society. And I don't think that that's what racism today is. I feel like racism today 
is a lot more subtle and it's it, it's found in other ways and other things. And I feel like microaggressions is a part of the representation of what racism today is. But I feel like with that as well is you don't have people as we talk about the complexities of people. You don't have a person that may feel this way or about, you know, may feel negatively about this one entire you know group of people. Right. So. You can have a person that may present uh, some sort of offensive statement to you or kind of rub you the wrong way. Even in, in my situation, I don't think that the I could definitely not say that the I, I'm quite sure that the person is not a racist. I don't think that the person is like thinks all black people are stupid or dumb. I honestly probably think that just culturally or their own limited experience with people, again, black people, young people, whatever it was. Their, their experiences with people that represent the group that I represented in their mind is very limited. So while I don't think that they're this horrible, you know, this horrible person, I just think that they're kind of just not educated on it or they don't understand how saying that can be offensive in that way. There's other ways that you could have written that statement to, to give me props or kudos or, you know, to even highlight something that you thought was cool and gave more you know, context to why you felt that way to be like, Hey, this is why I'm giving you this compliment because I probably wouldn't give it to somebody else that I have that expectation for, of that being just like their baseline. I don't think they're a horrible person. I just think that, you know, they Mm -hmm. just need to be educated more on it. And so I feel like when we deal with this and it's twofold, because again, I explained, I talked about my friend that was a little more like you need to sit down and like get them in check. And then my friend that was kind of like, I don't think it's that big, that big of a deal. I, I think that both of them for me were not the right approach. Um, it was an extreme on both. Yeah, ends. it was extreme on both ends for me because it was just like, I definitely think that there's more to like this and I, I, I'm due to feel this way. So it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm thinking too much. But I also don't think that this is something that I need to like go beat the person over the head because I think that if I consider their intent, I get that their intent was something good. I think that it was like just good ignorance, basically, like you just really didn't know what was going on. But I also want to I also feel like the the proper way at least for me to deal with this is to kind of assess it based on what's going to be the most beneficial outcome to me right so do i want to sit down and have this long drawn out conversation with you about something that likely especially because there's no way for me to hold you accountable for this moving forward is likely not going to change the actions You'll meet the next the next person that meets those same qualifications like I did and probably say the same thing like, oh, you're so articulate and you spoke so eloquently and you're just so, you know, hunky dory. It's like whatever. So I don't think I think that the way to deal with this, um, it's, it's a case by case basis. I don't think that everybody that you know, that, that says something slight is a horrible racist. Um, but I also don't buy into this idea too, that people are just completely ignorant and, you know, you shouldn't be offended or upset by what they did or bother. Or sometimes like you should, you should have a conversation with them if it warrants it. If this happened with my direct boss, there would have, a conversation would have been had like immediately. I surely would have been like, Hey, check this. Let's go sit. We got to talk because I'm not going to be able to do. I can't I can't function like this. Like you, 
you telling me like kudos for being able to do my job is asinine to me. Not even happening. Um, but to somebody that I don't have to deal with, it's just like, all right, whatever. I don't really care. I might have said something to him, but it would have been like, hey, man, I just was like, yeah, well, you said that. I I think you meant it as a compliment, but just, ref- you know, future reference, sometimes this can be taken in the wrong context or the wrong way by by people because you know it kind of kind of you kind of saying I don't even know how it say it but it's like you're kind of implying that you know this is the norm and I don't know if you meant that how you meant it or is are you dealing with a lot of people you know that don't do their job well or kind of pro you know maybe maybe he's in a particular environment where people don't do their job well like my uncle is a is in the military he's really a high-ranking officer and he said a lot of people come in and don't know how to write basic emails you know what i'm saying so maybe he's in that because he's in a high-ranking and he and it has nothing to do with color he's just like i just can't believe the people who come in college degrees and can't write basic emails like with proper grammar and so maybe he just has a a, a group of people that aren't you know haven't been efficient no matter what color they are and that's why he's complimenting you i don't know but i would ask hey have you been experiencing a lot of people that don't do their job well um and if so and if he's like no a lot of people are efficient around here then i was like well why did you compliment me on my efficiency you know what i'm saying yeah i i wasn't that invested and that was the thing too in the moment i was really kind of annoyed by it and then once i got over it it wasn't something i cared to read to to address and i think it was just one of those things of like you know what it is what it is like there is nothing there wasn't a benefit that i could see of having that conversation like maybe if it came up again with the same person in, in in a space where i had to or I'm going to continuously be working with them or working around them or we're going to be on a project together. Perhaps I would have this conversation. But in that situation, it was just like, you're not. Yeah, it was something I thought was really odd. I thought it was extremely odd for you to like email a kudos to my boss to just kind of be like, hey, you know, (laughs) this guy can speak properly English. Like (laughs) I just to me, that was just. That's just weird in that moment. But for what it was, it was just like, I don't even have the patience to sit down with you to try to explain it because it can be really draining. It it can honestly be frustrating and draining to have to go through something to feel like here I am. I got to sit down and talk to you about why this bothers me, why this offended me and why. And then understanding too, not even so much as just educating you on that, but understanding that based on what your intent was in your head, you, you're likely not going to be a hundred percent receptive of this because for you, for you, you're not going to really understand why or how a compliment could be taken the wrong way. And one thing for me is I get extremely annoyed when there is a 
problem or I'm saying, hey, I had a problem with something and someone says stuff like, I'm sorry you took it that way. Or if that's the way that you took it, that's not what I meant. Or the way you took it was wrong. No, 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 no. I believe in very, very basic communication skills and there's a message. And if you as a messenger is trying to get the message across, it is your job, not my job. It's your job to make sure that that message comes across in a way that I get the intention that you had behind it. And if I don't get that, then the failure to receive that is Nine times out of 10, not my fault. It's your fault because you didn't send it in a way that I would be receptive of receiving it. That's just basic communications. You can find any communications book and it'll be in there. So, yeah, I just didn't really feel like <laughs> what my thing. As you can see, I'm, 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 on, I'm on this logic tip. Like, that's my that's my MO for life. I'm trying to I always try to. So what makes sense? Like, like what's fair, but what makes sense? And me sitting down having a conversation with you about something that you probably was going to likely just do again to like Jimbo Bob tomorrow. I'm not doing it. Yo. It's not. Happening. Yeah. Well, I'm all on. I like to. I, I kind of like to tell people only because I've had experience in the past where I feel like sometimes people need to hear it from multiple people. Um, cause maybe they heard it from somebody else and they didn't get it. And then maybe that. <laughs> she got all the time in the world. <laughs> I mean, go ahead though. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't, that was on my head. <laughs> I don't have the time. Your mama got the time, but I ain't got it. Anywho, so y'all hit us up and let us know what you guys, if you have it, it, well, what are you experienced with with microaggressions, and what you guys think about um, our talk? Even if you have some some thoughts or some insights on, uh, yeah, maybe some advice for me. Maybe I should have sat down and had that conversation, or maybe there was another way I could have thought about it and dealt with it. Just hit us up and let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, and our email address is brunchculturebc at gmail.com and we are going to take another break and we'll be back for our toaster roast well we about to get into this toaster roast um i just the ignorance that's going on uh in the white house i don't even understand uh but the reverend um ah, his name was just in my reverence pastor scott pastor walter scott of cleveland ohio he has been on the campaign trail faithfully campaigning um a a surrogate for the president on all major news networks i've seen him on cnn fox news haven't seen him on Fox, but I've seen him on CNN and um, I've seen him on Roland Martin talking about it. And uh, he's just, you know, representing black Christians, apparently. I don't know who made him our representative, but apparently he's representing us in the White House trying to hold down the fort. And he gets in the black history meeting uh, and he says the gang members of Chicago, what do you call them? Gang thugs uh head gang thugs something like that came to him and called reached out to him because they knew he was associated with donald trump and said we're gonna lower that body count 
uh, we want to meet and lower that body count. The next day, we knew that was a lie. Now we we saw this and we knew that was a lie. Um, he says that he misspoke and he was tired. Now I don't know what kind of lack of sleep makes you imagine talking to head head uh, thugs in Chicago and them telling you you're gonna lower the body count. I don't know how that just flowed so 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 well out your mouth as a tired person. I don't know why that was the first thought that you had. Um, my mom was like, did he dream it or something? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I'm definitely uh, roasting Pastor Darrell Scott. I want him to stop talking. I want him to go back to Cleveland, Ohio. I want all his members to leave his church. Um, because I don't think that this should be somebody that we should be listening to as a spiritual leader. That's just my personal opinion. This is my second interaction with him. My first interaction with him was on the reality TV show. If y'all been listening a long time, y'all know I had a beef with preachers, with those women preaching like prophetesses or something. He was on that. His wife was, she said she was the prophetess of that region. Um, so they're just an interesting couple. Uh, they seem to like the spotlight. They were doing reality TV. That show got canceled on Lifetime. So now they're really in some reality. Uh, that's kind of like reality TV in the White House with Donald J. Trump as president. So um, I'm roasting you, Pastor Scott. Please stop talking. And um, while you at it, get Donald Trump to stop tweeting. That would be great for America. Yeah, thank you for that because that was... You know, I didn't want to be the one to have to, to do it. And I just didn't have the energy. So I'm really glad that you, thank you. On a, a lighter and better note, I am going to give a toast to the late, great Luther Vandross. Um, I, everybody knows. And if you don't know, welcome. I love R&B music. Absolutely love R&B music. And, you know, Luther Vandross has been one of those people that, I listened to, but I don't think I really appreciated. Um, I had never listened to a full, complete Luther Vandross album. I didn't have like a greatest hits of Luther Vandross. Um, it's something that my mom listened to all the time. And so, you know, I knew, I knew the songs here and now, you know, I know, I know these songs, but I don't, I didn't have like a personal appreciation for it until this past, was this past week? Or two weeks ago, I I saw a live performance of Luther Vandross, and his live performance sounded just like the track, and I loved it. And so that kind of just woke me up, and so I went through and just started like listening to albums and a whole bunch of songs, and I just really, really kind of in this whole Luther Vandross writing. And his music and, and, and just, yeah, just really, really respecting it. And so I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, you super late, you're super old. Like, how did you know this? Um, it's not that I wasn't aware of who Luther Vandross was, heard his music, but I feel like I just kind of like rediscovered it. So that is my toast for this week. If you want to hear some good music, some real good singing um, and just music that just make you feel like being in love. Luther Vandross is the way to go. It's the winter time. 
you should already have somebody. It's cuffing season, so you should already have somebody cuff. And if you are like a late bloomer and you're just trying to get them for these last two months, yeah, get on this Luther Vandross. It's going to get you in the mood to be where you need to be. And so <laughs> toast to you, Mr. Luther Vandross. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to leave y'all with today's good vibe from our uh Number forty-four president, uh, the one who's chilling like a villain on the um, the, <laughs> in the Virgin Islands, right? That's where he at. Uh, he's in like the the European Virgin Islands, I believe. Okay, cool. Well, he's chilling and enjoying him, him and uh, uh, Michelle Obama are chilling, and they like, hey, y'all got what y'all wanted. He said, if something needs fixing, lace up your shoes and do something about it, President Obama. Come on. Yeah. So, hey, get to work. Now we need all hands on deck now because we got. We need hands, feet, toes, and yes, I said feet with an S. (laughs) Um, Toes. We need everything. Anything that you can find, we need it on deck because we surely have a lot of work to do. Yes. And get, get up and do some work. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can uh, follow us and subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, and on iHeartRadio by searching Brunch Culture. You can uh, interact with us on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, on Facebook at Facebook.com. Uh, backslash brunch culture and yes we're we're there and you can add us hashtag chat bc and remember here brunch culture everything is up for discussion